Hello, humans. Welcome to Chacharone with Candy and Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. Welcome back to Chacharone. I'm Candy. I'm here with Noodle. Hey, Candy. How's it going? Hey, Noodle. I'm good. How are you? Uh, well, I I have been down with the flu, the epidemic that is sweeping the country. I caught it. I've had it for a week. This is the first time I've left the house. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> yeah, just snotting up all over your joint. Yeah, um, yeah. So I apologize, listening audience, if there's the occasional snurfle. It's me. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to pretend otherwise. It's me. Uh, but I am definitely on the mend, finally. Which is good. It was, is... it was a rough week. I'm not going to lie. It, it did seem like this week just disappeared. And when you're sick, that happens. Friday to Friday. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty solidly crap week on my end of the world, too. So uh, we are back this month uh, diving into something that I didn't think we would dive into so quickly. Um, uh, I was hoping not to dive into something so heavy so soon, but I think we've both decided that we just we have things to say and we need to talk about it. Go big or go home. Exactly. Uh, so we are talking about uh, feminism, sexual assault, the climate of the world right now, uh, women in charge, and the the female uprising. The Me Too movement. The Me Too movement. Believe all of these things. We're going to talk kind of uh, generally about things today, kind of about the larger picture, and we're going to break it down, I think, into a few other episodes and really focus, because there's many facets. This is probably part one of X number. <laughs> XX, maybe. Infinite. Right, right. Many, many, many things. Um, we are going to start this week with uh, what you're reading, Noodle. Well, I'm reading two things, one that I'm really enjoying and one that's making me so outrageously unhappy. So like everybody else, I am reading Fire and Fury by Michael Wolff. And first of all, I have to say it's poorly written. It's, they rush the publication, the grammar is terrible, the punctuation is out of control, like it's a shitstorm. That being said... Uh, what is in it is even worse. It is so horrifying that I'm reading it and thinking, seriously, guys? Is this really what's going on? And if even a little bit of it is true, we are in such deep shit that I don't, I don't know how we're going to get out of it. And the problem is there is no happy ending at the end of this book. It's not like it resolves itself. What happens is today because it was published two weeks ago. Right. So whatever happened two weeks ago is the end of the book, and it's not fucking good. So um, I'm reading that, and I'm really suffering with it, but it needs to be read. Yeah. And what I'm reading for a better time is Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, which is lovely. It's so charming. Um, I was really hesitant on Trevor Noah when he took over The Daily Show because I was like, you're not Jon Stewart. And he's Great. I love him. He has really, really grown on me. And it's a series of personal essays and stories from his childhood, growing up in, in South Africa. And it's wonderful. His relationship with his mother is so phenomenal and authentic. And you can really feel it. And and he he paints these beautiful, horrifying pictures of what it was like growing up in um, a mixed-race child in uh, an environment where being mixed was not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And it's great, and it really makes me um, appreciate more about him. And apparently the audiobook is really good, even though I'm not an audiobook kind of person. I hear it's really good because he reads it himself, and it's wonderful, and I love it, and I would strongly, strongly recommend reading this book, getting to know a little bit more about him, and then watching The Daily Show more. Yeah, I, he's he is adorable. Um, so cute. He's so cute, and he... He's on a great episode of the Chelsea Show, the the Netflix show. Um, it's one of the the dinner episodes where he does talk a little bit about his mom, and and being raised in South Africa, and it's it's a great story. His mom is such a badass. Like she is not fucking around. She she is so driven and clear on what she's doing, mm -hmm. and and I'm really really impressed by it. And clearly, so is he. He is impressed by his mom. And that's really sweet because even when he's a teenager, he's not like, oh, my mom. He's like, dude, my mom. And, and it's, it's heartwarming. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's very, very nice. I like him a lot. Uh, disappointed about uh, what you were saying about how the other book has been written. I, it's on my bookshelf. I have not started it yet because 
I'm real stressed out. It's been, it's been a busy. crazy, it's been a crazy couple of weeks and I cannot handle, I know it's going to make me so mad. I did not know that it was written poorly and now I'm already mad. I mean, you just I, have to, you have to rush. put that part aside to yeah. be able to focus on the content that's going to make you mad. It's a different kind of mad. Uh, yeah. Put, put your, your mad in different kinds of boxes. Just. <laughs> so that's what I'm reading and we'll post a picture afterwards so you can see the two books. So yes. tell us a little bit about Fandoms Anonymous, Candace. Fandoms Anonymous. Uh, it seemed the timing was just perfect. Uh, last night, we were recording on Friday, last Thursday, uh, the first crossover episode of Supernatural and Wayward Sisters premiered, which is uh, a huge, huge fucking deal. I'm real excited. <laughs> for, for those of us who don't watch it, can you tell me like a little bit about I'm what that to. means? Yes. So uh, Wayward Sisters, it was actually started as Wayward Daughters, which was uh, a way of describing, I'm not sure if there was an actual episode titled that, but a way of describing the the women and some of the the children in the supernatural universe who kind of came together and ended up being hunters. They were, or in a situation where they were somehow affected by the supernatural world and that kind of left them lost and alone and, and confused and, and they all turned out to be like these badass chicks. Um, Wayward comes from, you know, the, the song by Kansas. <laughs> which is uh, the song for Supernatural. It's what they do at the end of every season. And it's, uh, you know, Wayward Son is the song, which is like, I've always loved that song. And then I started watching Supernatural and it has a whole other meaning now. And I cry all the time. <laughs> I'm in my car, like jamming. I have goosebumps because there'll be, there'll be peace for you. Like my Wayward, it's just too much. Anyway, um, so uh, Wayward Sisters, the, the crossover episode, this is going to be a new series. This series completely focuses on female hunters. Uh, Jody Mills and Donna, I can't think of her last name right now, but played by Brandon Buckmeister, who's Buckmeister is fucking amazing. Um, they came into the hunting world by accident. Uh, they're both uh, sheriffs and, and you know police officers. Uh, Jody's son many seasons ago was uh, possessed by a demon, killed her husband, and then she had to kill her son. So that's how she learned that this world is out there. Uh, Donna kind of fell into it by accident as well. Um, and Jody has now uh, taken in a few of these kind of lost, lost young women, and they now have this house, and they're there for each other. It's amazing. The episode was great. In the beginning, they used this song I don't know where it came from. It might be new. It might have been recorded for it, but it's a little cheesy. And as I'm watching the opening where they're giving, you know, the background of these women, it's just a typical opening for a show. Um, they're, they're playing this song. And I'm thinking, this is, you know what? Guys, this is a little bit lame. I don't, it's a little bit lame. Also, I'm crying. So I think it worked <laughs> out well. Uh, I think everybody should watch it. Wayward Sisters. Uh, it was pretty amazing. And the whole plot of the episode was... Sam and Dean have gone missing. They end up finding out, and they they save Sam and Dean. And now we're moving into this new show, which is just going to be fantastic. And I feel really good about it. The show was good. It felt right. It felt like the the right writing and the right kind of story. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a spinoff that's going to be awkward and, and weird. It seems like it's going to be pretty rad. So I'm hoping it's rad. So that's that. Wayward Sisters. Super stoked. Supernatural. Awesome. Um, and we decided... <laughs> to bring this up because this just happened today. Today we realized um, that in the Jurassic Park slash uh, vinyl Funko Pop figures, uh, they are releasing Jurassic Park figures, which is... That's super exciting. Fucking cool. Yay. Uh, everybody loves dinosaurs. Everybody absolutely. loves Ian uh, Malcolm. God, yes. Everybody. Uh, everybody loves Jeff Goldblum. Even if you don't know it, you love him. Um, I, I saw it from Nerdist, a Nerdist posting, and they, of course, they were showing the, the the figure that's Ian Malcolm laying down and like covered in blood and like with his shirt open. And I was like, I need this. And then I read the article, and saw what they're releasing. And you, there is not one. <laughs> they are releasing a whole bunch of figures. They're releasing some dinosaurs, um, and men from the movie. They have decided to release first um, all of the main men, and that includes a bad guy. Uh, Nedry, and a bunch of dinosaurs. However, they did not release one of Dr. Ellie Sattler, and that's very, very upsetting. How is that even possible? It's upsetting on such a level. Uh, Noodle 
Noodle and I and Jen talked about this for a very long time. We've all posted on Twitter already. Like, it's happened within the course of 40 minutes. All kinds of articles, all kinds of posting, reposting everybody, posting on Facebook. Like, we had things to say about it. And it apparently, Funko is releasing uh, Ellie, uh, played by Laura Dern. They're releasing her as a, a, a ride. Uh, it's a little car. It's the dress. It's the, it's the Jeep. And she's sitting in it. And her name isn't even on the box. Uh, it says, like, vehicle. Like, it says park vehicle. Park vehicle. Um, furious. I tweeted at Funko twice. That, I mean, that's so tone deaf. In exactly. light of everything else that's going on, you're not going to release Dr. Ellie. Really? It's, it's so disgustingly upsetting. And Jen and I were talking about it. And uh, that is Jenny B. Creative. You can see her also on the other podcast we do together, Mulder, It's Us, an X-Files podcast. Plug. Um, <laughs> her and I had a very long conversation about it. I mean, just furious because it, no, one does not, no one understands how important she is. That seems like bullshit. I mean, you've got a huge female following. You have a main character right there who is ready to go. And she's such a badass in that movie. She's, her and Lex saved the day. She is not just... Brilliant, but she's also physically very strong in that movie. Oh, she absolutely. does um, mm. all sorts of feats. You know, mm. she climbs up things, she falls down things, she picks things up, she races against the the dinosaurs. Like she does really important things. Absolutely, and not only she gave us two of the best lines ever. One being uh, when uh, Hammond does not want her to go to go out and, and try to turn the lights on or whatever it is um, because she's a woman. He says, you know, well, really, it's I should I should be going and you should, well, because I'm a and you're a. And her response is, uh, we'll talk sexism and survival situations when I get back. Good for uh, her. Fantastic. And she gives us the, you know, dinosaur eats man. <laughs> woman inherits the earth. So this this character is so extremely important. It would be like releasing an alien line without Ripley. It is... It is offensive. It is, you're right, tone deaf is the perfect way to put it. And it, it brings to mind the Where's Ray movement, where they yes. didn't put Ray in any of the Force Awakens games or release any of, of Ray dolls and so on. And you think to yourself, how is that possible? How are they doing this still mm -hmm. in 2015, 2016, 2017? And here we are in 2018. And here we go. January isn't even friggin' over yet. And fandoms all over are getting another, you know, smack in the face. Actually, when I posted it on Facebook, one of my sister's response was just, what the fuck? Uh, and I said, yeah, you know, it's, it's a real nice, like, pickup for nerd girls everywhere and then, like, a gut punch mm -hmm. because you don't include the character. It's, it, it, Jurassic Park was such a huge deal. Um, it, it, to me, it's still a huge deal. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I will watch it anytime it's on. And it was a huge deal to little girls at the time because it was, she's a scientist. She is a, a scientist. She has a doctorate. And she also did go out there, and she was badass and ran around. And her and this young hacker girl literally save everybody's lives. Without them, everybody would be dead. It was a huge deal. And it's just like a smack in the face. It's it's nonsense. It's offensive. It's There's a... a PR marketing person somewhere who really just should be fired. Mm. Which is crazy because Funko releases female characters. And it's, and it, yeah, it's great. They're, they're usually real good about it. And this is just, this is, you would think that given the current environment, you would have been paying more attention. Right. And it's not only, not only do they include Dennis Nedry as a main, as a first release, as if he's a main character, which he is absolutely not. He's a plot point. I mean, he's not a main character. He's he's a plot device. <laughs> uh, but they also release the Dilophosaurus, which is the one that spits. Mm -hmm. um, In case, because you can't see it, Candy made the gesture where where the the big the big neck fringe comes out <laughs> just while she's spitting. This is what it looks like. This is this is what happens. Um, that is released. Uh, she, because she's a woman, uh, is released by herself. And in the Nedry set. So there's so, two. There's two, two. Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus I? Um, and no, it's not pronounced it's, Dilophosaurus it's I. Dilophosaurus I says. And two Ian Malcolms. There's a Malcolm just standing, I and mean, there's a uh, there's a half naked. I'm okay let's, with that. Let's let's not let's not take away from Ian Malcolm because no. you can have all the Ian. Malcolm, but there's have, just no reason to have not released Ellie and Lex. Right, and like, it's none. the first round. And in the first round, did you need to release two Malcolms and two Dime? Like that's right. if you're if you're it, look if you're molding so many, <laughs> that seems like a real a real shit 
choice. And Are I'm you upset. listening, Funko? Fix I it. I hope you're listening. Because if you think we're done tweeting at you, you are wrong, oh sir. And I don't ever do that. I've only tweeted mm-hmm. at Trump once. I don't I don't tweet at people, but I tweeted them twice today. <laughs> I tweet at Trump a lot. I know you do. And I love it. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things. I'm, I cannot wait for you to get blocked. Um, so that's it. Uh, Wayward Sisters, Supernatural spinoff, and f- Thumbs BS. Down Funko. Thumbs Down Funko. Uh, we are going to start the... Uh, that was a nice segue into yeah, the, I like the it. Golden Globes. We're going to talk about them for just a few minutes. Um, Review-wise, I I watched the whole thing. I thought Seth Meyers was great. Uh, I thought they did a really, really good job uh, with the opening. I think they were, uh, from a comedy and a, a being aware standpoint, uh, I think they hit the line right at the right right space. Uh, he, I, I laughed, everyone, I laughed and I enjoyed what he said. He also said some very serious things. He definitely handled the situation brilliantly. Um, we do want to talk a little bit about the dress situation. No, we want to talk a lot about the dress situation. (laughs) So the black dresses, um, all of, well, 98%. 98%. Mm-hmm. 98% of the female attendees and a lot of the male attendees as well wore yes. all black as part of solidarity around the Time's Up movement. So what the Time's Up movement is, is it's a legal fund that um, has been set up to support pe- women in other industries outside of just um, show business who are facing sexual harassment and want to sue, speak out, et cetera, but are afraid to because they're afraid of losing their jobs. And this legal fund has been set up to support these women um, facing these challenges. Mm -hmm. So it's service industry, hospitality, um, basic, you know what, I'm not going to listen. It's basically every other industry going. (laughs) Right. And it's being funded through a GoFundMe, and they've raised over $18 million and significantly... um, Every single major talent agent, every major talent agency in Los Angeles has all donated about a million dollars. So that's a huge step yeah. of, oh boy, guys, we we have a problem here and we're going to start throwing money at the situation, which in this case is, is what's needed to support these women because the financial burden and the fear of poverty that keeps women silent all the time is a huge fucking deal. And if we can take away that fear of financial repercussions, then I would think we're going to hear a lot more women in other industries saying, hey, uh, this is happening to me and I need, I need help and I need a way to get out and I need yeah. a way to change my situation without that crushing fear over them. So it's being sponsored by the, I think it's called the Women's Legal Fund is running it. And a lot of the, the co-founders have brought activists with them as their dates which to the Golden Globe, which so is amazing cool. yeah. um, to, to see people really showcased, uh, specifically Tarana Burke, um, who, funded, who started the Me Too movement mm-hmm. a million years ago, way right. before any of this. Right. So it was nice to see the people who are out there doing the serious, serious work. It's nice to see them having a chance to to shine, even though shine's not really the right word. But to to you know get have a chance to have some focus on them and and the the work that they're doing. And such a large platform. Yes, it's, oh. you you struggle and at the beginning of those organizations, especially getting speaking and having a large enough voice because you are you're small and you you're a bit of a grassroots roots movement in the beginning. And that was amazing to see. So ninety eight percent of the women in all black. Um, but then there's there's a few women out there who weren't wearing black, and there has been backlash on both sides around it. So we we were talking about this earlier that specifically there was the one woman and I can't remember her name and maybe it'll come to me later who was wearing this beautiful red spangly cut out slit to here dress, and there was a huge amount of internet backlash. Who is this woman? What is she doing? Why is she trying to draw attention to herself? And the argument around it is. If we are saying that women's bodies are their own and, and we're trying to change the male gaze, doesn't that mean that she can wear whatever she wants? And whether or not it's appropriate and whether or not it's she's saying, no, I'm not part of this movement, or whether or mm-hmm. not she's saying, I support this movement so much that I feel ownership over my own body has a lot to do with the overall culture. So I absolutely see both sides of that story. 
part of it is, dude, yeah. we're black today. Today we're all wearing black. I know that when the parts that I watched, um, I was wearing all black. I saw a lot of people um, on social media posting in all black, I am watching in support of Time's Up. Oh, all over the place. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. It was a really, really significant movement. But when it's about clothes, the problem mm-hmm. is the next award show, nobody was wearing black. Yeah, that I, I was extremely surprised by that. And, and not that it was, you know, granted, the Golden Globes was a very specific, uh, organized, uh, kicking off the award season, making a statement. I understand that that was so specific. I'm just surprised that so many women did not take it into consideration to continue that on their own throughout award season. Throughout award season, absolutely. There's plenty of... a couple of, of months. Plenty of opportunities, and it's not like you're having a shortage of black dresses. This is true. I mean, I own seven. Yep. And nobody's dressing me. So I feel like, I feel like it might have been more impactful if that had been this season we wear black, and that's just the way it is. We're all wearing black. Yeah, yeah. I, all, all season long. Cause, and continue on that conversation away from just this one time mm-hmm. and that it amplifies it more the more you say it the more you repeat it the more you're obvious about what the statement is the yeah, bigger impact it is it, it feels like it, you know saying that people certain people have these platforms and we're using them and that's wonderful it feels like yay we have this platform let's use it and then how are we going to continue to use it there there really is an opportunity right now to put this in everybody's face really all over the world for the next two months or, you know, however long it is. Uh, Yeah. I think the the Academy Awards are the first weekend in March. So you have a really significant amount of time to make a visual impact that it seems just like a missed opportunity. And I think also it would have continued to drive revenue to the GoFundMe campaign to continue to support more women and also remind women that it's top of mind all the time. We're, we're thinking about it. We're, Right. We're worrying about it. We're actively working on it all the time, which I think transitions us pretty significantly into the Me Too movement. Uh, it does. It does. Although I, I did just want to ask, you said that no one was wearing the uh, Time's Up pins I, at the other award I shows I didn't either, right? see them. Um, and if they were, they certainly weren't being showcased. Okay. Okay, because that surprises me too. Right. I mean, how hard people wear the AIDS pins all the time. Exactly. Not that I'm saying that that you right. know, one is is more significant, but... Keep wearing the pin. We know that you can. We know that you can put a pin on a fancy dress and yeah. deal with the whole, whatever it might be. Uh, it's obviously possible to wear wear pins and support every time you put on formal wear. And and they might have been out there. It just wasn't. It it stopped being a topic. It's of like they didn't even discuss it. Yeah, yeah, there was no there was no focus. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the Me Too movement. Me Too movement. Um. So talking about the broader audience beyond just the celebrity movement because absolutely there is a huge celebrity contingent pushing the me too movement um but what about the rest of us mm-hmm. so uh tarana burke started this movement i'm saying 15 years ago it might have been longer than that and forgive me that i don't know the exact date mm-hmm. but it's been around for quite some time right. and then it was picked back up by uh Alyssa milana right and spread like wildfire across the internet um, because me too, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, women mm-hmm. everywhere were saying, yes, I have been in that situation. I have been uh, spoken to inappropriately, touched inappropriately, made to feel uncomfortable. Uh, frankly, I'm uncomfortable now, you know, right. and, and so on. And, and it really snowballed and escalated and, snow- and, and built to... Almost my entire feed was just me too, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. And the staggering impact of that mm-hmm. for that just that even just that one day, where all, every female voice I heard said, "Yeah, it, it was also me." Yeah. And it's both comforting and horrifying. It is. It's. It's. You. You see it. You hear it. And you. You feel good knowing that. You know what? I'm not crazy. I'm not. There is not. I have not created a situation in my head because you too. Oh, yeah. okay. It was. It was supportive, and, and it felt really felt sadly like a, a a team. That's not a team that we should have. Uh, you know, people who have been somehow mistreated. Um, but in the it, world's it worst did. club. It, yeah, totally. It felt like the saddest locker room ever. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's what it was like. Um, but it, it is also extremely sad. There are women in our lives that we don't know have had issues that 
wrote me too. And we don't, we don't think about it. I don't think, well, I've been in these multiple situations that have been uncomfortable and turned out however they did. Uh, so this person who's my friend that I see, that I talk to, that you know, we, we share things all the time, she probably also had the exact same history and experience. But we don't want to think about our friends being hurt and uncomfortable in the way we have. You love people, you want to protect them, and you don't want to think that they've had to deal with that. And then it, it was, even though deep down I'm sure we all know that, seeing it was very, very impactful. And what I thought was very interesting was the male response is on one side, thankfully in, in, in my very curated experience, right. <laughs> the male response was, oh my God, uh -huh. this is horrifying. How do I help change this? But you know that they're out there of men saying like, you okay? Yeah. You're right, guys. Yeah. This isn't my problem. This isn't me. And, and who are the men out there harassing these women? Hey, guy, it, you, it's you. Exactly. If, if, it's if you. you're not sure... <laughs> who the men are, mm -hmm. it's probably you. Right. Um, and it's probably an awkward situation that's happening and you don't even notice it, that, that the behavior that's going on around you, uh, it, you might not be the one creating the situation, but are you standing up to it or are you nodding along quietly? Uh, exactly. It's you, you... Tacit approval. Yeah, you've, you've been brainwashed. That's to not... If you don't actually see this... Uh, purposely not. I mean, you, you don't see these things happening around you every day, whether you're part of it, not part of it, whatever. Um, if you don't see that, that's, you know, that's systemic. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a great word for and, it. And you should, part of being aware and, and part of everything that's going on right now um, is really getting to the point of understanding the world that you are a part of and how it became that way and how to change it. Because it's not right. And having those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Um, so PBS, uh, premiering on February 2nd, is doing a five-part series about the Me Too movement. It's called Me Too, What's Next? And it's going to address uh, workplace situations, gender, um, pay inequality, and frankly, how to talk to men about this, which is going to be pretty impactful. So watch that on PBS. I certainly will yeah. to see what the next step of the conversation is beyond the, the Facebook hashtag, beyond the Twitter hashtag, mm -hmm. beyond just women talking to each other about it. Like, how does this conversation affect our big cultural experience? And what does it mean to believe the women who are talking about it? Right. Ooh. So. <laughs> this episode's not very funny. No, no, we're not it's having a good time. Not. We laughed a lot last time. This is, this is pretty serious. So part of the, the believe women aspect, um, which we'll get into a little bit deeper on the other side, brings us to the Aziz Azarian situation that's happening right now. I'm sorry? I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. I don't know. How, yeah, Jesus, I really, no. I, should, I should be better about pronunciation. Uh, my, my notes look like, like something exploded on my piece of paper. I cannot keep track of any of my things. Real messy, real messy handwriting. We have a lot of notes. There's and, so many and notes. And my handwriting is bad. There's too many thoughts is, is the situation. So what has happened recently with him is um, there was a publication in, in Babe where um, a woman tells a story of having gone on a date with him and having a very, very deeply uncomfortable sexual encounter with him where she is saying no and he is not, he's either not understanding her no or he's intentionally ignoring it, kind of depending on, on where you're looking at the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's bifurcated a lot of, of the situation. It's bifurcated a lot of the internet because there's the, the people who are saying, yes, this is absolutely harassment. This is absolutely assault. This is a problem. And there are people who are saying, mm, it's, just, it's just awkward, ugly miscommunication. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks it's good. Let's just put, let's just put that on the table. Nobody, right. Right. nobody thinks this is a good situation. Nobody thinks this is an acceptable situation. However, people are looking at the gray between why didn't she just leave mm -hmm. and why, why did she stay and what is she trying to gain from it and what is he trying to gain from it. And, and Candy and I are actually on, on different sides of this, of this conversation, um, which is rare because I feel like we're usually, we're usually pretty aligned. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I was a lot more sympathetic mm -hmm. uh, with her and angry at him where, where you were a more angry at the way the story was written and affected by that. The, the way the story was written and the, 
the the general idea of uncomfortable, awkward sexual situations. And I, I was mad at, I was mad at society. I was not mad at him. I was mad at the friggin' pop, babe. I was mad at babe. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I feel like we're both upset. Oh, for, for, for sure. For yeah. Valid reasons. I mean, big but picture, we're on the same page. Right. Just yeah. different, different things leapt out at us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was ugly. I mean, mm-hmm. it was an ugly, and, it, and part of me feels like, I don't, I shouldn't know this. Part of me feels like, uh, I, I don't know that I would say it's sexual assault. I, I actually would not say it's sexual assault. Um, but I, I feel like this is an uncomfortable, inappropriate, um, very, very common sexual interaction between two humans. I don't care who you are, who, how important you are. If you're famous, I, it's unfortunate. It's a very common kind of, uncomfortable dance that's been done wrong that has it's, been it's the tussle it's the tussle is what it is it's the tussle um and like I I was uncomfortable reading it because I felt like I shouldn't know this about two strangers and you know it also leads to uh, what is journalism reporting these things how we report these things and what is actually news and and important and and where journalists need to find that that line. So this this article read to me in the same way that Fire and Fury read, in that it's it's quick to publish, it's shoddy, it doesn't have a very clear voice, it's all over the place. Um, but I also felt that it it needed to be said, um, and and there was there was a lot of backlash from it for sure. Mm-hmm. And the the mm-hmm. one that really stuck out to me that deeply deeply horrified me and put me even more firmly on the side of no this story needs to be told is now I wish I could remember what publication it was from but there was a line calling it out where where the the writer said I didn't think it would take this long for white women to turn on their on the the brown skin men yeah and I thought oh go fuck yourself cuz this this movement the me too movement is not about white women versus white men or white women versus brown-skinned men. It's about uh, ownership of your own body. It's about um, humanity. And it's about a, it, it putting an end to uncomfortable uh, sexual situations. It's, it's not about us versus white men. Right. right. No, it's not. And I, I, did, I think I saw it on Twitter. Uh, who knows where from. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was immediately... Uh, taken aback by that as it, well because it did all happen so quickly too. It, that feels to me like such a quick way of shutting down the conversation. Right, which no matter no matter how you feel about uh, this actor, this comedian, this woman, the people who ran the article, I use the term loosely, um, <laughs> the, you know, no matter how, what your personal opinions are and reaction, the point is that this conversation is part of what's going on right now. This conversation has to be had, and it's it's about power. It's about men and women. And this is the, the Time's Up, the Believe Women. This is the one area where I feel this is all-encompassing. This is, this is every woman everywhere. This is the way the world works. And for us to try and, and categorize it and tear it apart is is just going to make it crumble, and it's so important that it continues. So, yeah, I was very upset by that. Because we've... We've all been in that situation. Every single yeah. woman you know, no matter how old she is, unfortunately, or young, uh, what the color of her skin, her cultural background, where she was born, where she lives today, has on some level dealt with this. And sometimes it's earlier in your in your dating career when you're trying to figure out where your board, where your lines are. Um, you know, at, at 15, you're kissing a boy, like, does he touch your boob or do you, do you, do you back off? We, we've all had that, um, give a little, take a little back and forth pull that at the time is part of learning about who you are and how to be a grown up and what that experience feels like that back and forth that, that, that we were calling it before the tussle, that idea of like, okay, this is okay, but that is not, mm-hmm. Is but I think when you're growing up as you know as a teenager uh, you know up up to a certain age, it's it's experience it 
it doesn't feel in the same way as invasive, except for when it is. Right. Right. There, right. There's it's, absolutely that very clear difference <laughs> yeah. between I am learning about sex and uh, sex is happening to me and I'm not happy about it. it right. Right. Uh, there's a great article um, on The Guardian, which is the response, their response to uh the the reporting on on the situation, uh, which is fantastic. We will put the link up with the episode. That um, basically, this article is saying this was reported not not great. <laughs> this was not an easy read. This was I didn't know what it was a, just not great reporting. The way that they spoke in the article, the original reporting, um, and really just the question of, of ethical journalism and how we handle these situations, uh, which is wonderful. But the the point of the Guardian article is. While this was not reported well, while whether or not Aziz Ansari is uh, a sexual predator, what, which I don't think he is, whatever that might be, um, the greater conversation is that this is the way the world works. This is the way situations work all of the time. And we need to be talking about the, the imbalance of power in every room, in every home, in every, every single situation and how 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 that affects society and it's it's a matter of the way it to me anyway uh the way we've been molded to react to each other and be around each other from birth we are kind of steered to be who a boy is supposed to be and who a girl is supposed to be and quite often that leads to um you know how how many how many men how many boys uh persisted when a girl, when a 14-year-old girl said, oh, no, tee-hee-hee, because she smiles because she's been told you don't cause problems, you always smile, and when you say no, you act coy. Is she acting coy because she thinks she's supposed to or because she really doesn't want you to do this and she doesn't know how else to react? The, these bubble situations have been created kind of for us. We're built to do things in a certain way and we don't even realize that we're built to do them a certain way. And when you look back on your life and think about every, every time you were in an uncomfortable situation, man or woman, and you did something and you look back on it now and think, that wasn't, that was silly, that was stupid, that wasn't great, that's not how to do that. In that moment, you're, you're programmed not to think about it, you're programmed just to do it. You're programmed, little boys, I think I said this earlier, little boys to this day we're telling stories where the little boy steals a kiss. Stealing a kiss. That is how we have created romance. And you think about those onesies, the like, where they put on the babies, the watch out ladies or the lady killers or, yes. like that stuff makes me batshit crazy. <gasps> Cause you know what? That's a baby. That's, that's, that's not, a, right, that's, right. that's not a, that's not a sexual being. I mean, uh, we, yeah. I mean, they, we, and they, they, you know, you put the, the little, the little babies next to each other and you're like, oh, he's got a girlfriend. No, he doesn't have a girlfriend. He's, he's baby. He doesn't know that that's, that's a, right. Look, he, oh, go give her a kiss. No, no, no. <laughs> like, we, we have stuff sexualizing often, the babies. It's weird. Right. And, and self-awareness. I mean, to step back and think about how often are we playing the roles we think we're supposed to play, especially between the ages of two and, and 25. I mean, how often is that happening and why is that happening? And that's the, the thing that has come out of this quote-unquote reporting that is very, very important to talk about, I think. And the, the other side of it that I don't know that people are, are looking at as much is, you know, that, that idea is why doesn't she just leave? She's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. This keeps escalating. He's chasing her around the room. Why didn't she just go home? And the, the piece that I think is missing there is that women... Women are afraid to say no. We are, oh. we're, we're afraid to say no. Be, we'll give you a soft no because a soft no might de-escalate the situation. We're a hard no. You might follow us home and text us for the next 400 years, every five minutes, increasingly mm -hmm. psychopathic things. And, or you might just show up at my job and shoot me in the face. I mean, there's a right. story after story of women that have rejected men and the men kill them. You know, mm -hmm. they say that men's biggest fear is that women will laugh at them. Well, our biggest fear is that you're going to murder me. Right. Which is, you know. A, a, a reasonable thing to be afraid of. <laughs> um, and, and that component of it is the piece that we need to fucking change. Like, I should not, and by I, I mean we, should not be in a situation where my ownership of my body puts me in danger from 
from you in terms of physical violence, in terms of uh, financial violence, in terms of uh, am I going to lose everything tomorrow because I said no to you today? Right. And it's, you know, I definitely don't want to, I don't want to say women live in fear and like we're scared because that's, that's not what I mean to say, but it is important to understand uh, and, and we're now getting into the, the, the believe women portion um, that they're, we are taught from the second we can walk to be fearful. We are taught that we will be raped. We will be mugged. We will uh, be treated poorly. If we don't close our legs, we will be looked at as a slut. These are things that are ingrained in us from the get-go. So the idea that a, a early 20-something woman might not leave an apartment because there is a a fear and whatever you want to call it to be safe by going along with the situation is not unbelievable. That is, that is reality. I and mean, we are, we are taught don't, don't cry rape, cry fire. No one comes for rape. Can you, that, and that statement always enraged me. Yes. The idea of don't cry rape, cry fire. Or the second part of that, which is if you are being raped, don't fight back. If you don't fight back, maybe he won't kill you. Mm -hmm. This is taught to us the second we are allowed to ride our bike to our friend's house by ourselves. So this is again a, a systemic and it's issue. Always, and it's conflicting statements all the time. Mm -hmm. um, if if you wear revealing clothes, you're a slut. If you don't wear revealing clothes, you're too prude. And and a woman's sexuality is is never her own. It's always about what is happening to her and um, her, her general sense of being is always how it is perceived. And that's also that social construct around it. Absolutely. I, there, is, there is a constant I. We are either literally being looked at by people walking down the street. We feel the I or it's simply the I of, of society. It, is what I'm wearing today okay? Is it going to put me in danger? Is it okay? Uh, you know, I don't, don't go to work because I'm sick and I can't wear a bra, so I'm not going to work because I won't leave the house without a bra on because the second I do, the target that I feel is on me is four times as large. Is it a target on your back, Candy? You know, it's two targets, actually. <laughs> just, just a little levity. <laughs> just, a just a little levity before I start to cry. Yeah, no, it's... This, it's, this is much heavier. It's much, much heavier. We are, you know, we're going to play some silly music at some yeah, point. I right? will put some fun stuff in there. Maybe some, some bing bongs and I'm some I'm wearing dings. penguin socks. That helps. That does help. That um, very much helps. I have one more thing that I want to say yes. about these before we, we wander off from him, which we've... we've um, he, he wrote this book. Modern Romance, in which he declared himself a expert, a voice, um, a face of modern dating, mm -hmm. and yet still this behavior persists. Right. And that, to me, is, is part of that really big problem, that if this is the modern voice and it, and it is still this problematic... Where where does it begin to change? Absolutely, and and the does does he? I mean, to him, I think that I'm completely speculating. This is just an opinion, but it seems like that seems normal to him. And unfortunately, that also seems normal to her. It's normal to it's a, a lot of us, right? We've a, we've all had that moment of yes, this, but no, that. Right, right. And have to fight for that know that. Yes, yes. Constantly, over and over and over and over again. When, when you're taught to say no and follow it with a sorry, mm -hmm. and when you're taught to say that no with a smile on your face, it becomes very difficult to be taken seriously, which is a situation every single woman I know has had to deal with in their grown-up professional life. Uh, it's... It, 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 again, it's it's normalized. We've normalized these th for ourselves, for for our for everybody. This this is sadly a normal, uncomfortable sexual encounter, and I don't think anybody involved felt that they were doing something wrong at the time, which is not great. But how can this be so so normalized? That's terrifying. I agree. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a mess. 
<sighs> so this Paper is one, one part of the bigger conversation that we're going to keep having. Um, yeah. And that we're going to talk about women in power. We're going to keep an eye on this PBS series. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about how, how do we have that conversation? How do you adjust it? How do you push it? Um, and how, how has this incident of Me Too and Time's Up, is it actually making any changes out there? So that'll yeah. come next episode or the one after that. Yeah. But when but this is definitely part of a, a bigger conversation than just one episode. Yeah, I think we're we're going to talk about the workplace. We're going to talk about some other stuff. Um, and we are just just for a moment going to talk about believe women and and what that means. My I had some issues um, with some of the things I've seen. Uh, out there, mostly on Twitter, but the the response is a dark, dark place. Twitter is, you know, sometimes it's great. Twitter is a sticky mess. <laughs> it's just, it's just very upsetting. Um, I, the responses to believe women have been, you know, kind of all over the place, and some of it is uh, people reacting to certain stories and saying, "Well, I thought." People were innocent until proven guilty, and, and men are losing their jobs, and the, and the you know the friggin' infrastructure is falling apart. Good. Um, that was real quiet. Good. Could you say that louder? <laughs> Good. Um, and and how you know you can't just believe when what are you going to just believe somebody when they say this thing happened? Just believe them. Uh, it, and my response to this is those those people do not understand what believe women means. And to me, it's a matter of uh, believe, there are so many of us speaking now, there are millions of us saying, we've had the same experiences across all industries, all ages of life, school age, every part of our life, we have all had these exact same experiences. And the point is, we are all speaking now. Believe us when we say this is the world we all live in, men and women live in. These are the things that happen in our homes. They happen to all of us. There are millions of people saying it. And at this point, it's believe us when we say this is reality. This is the truth. This is how it works. And that's what believe women means to me. There's this Look, there's this crushing weight <laughs> that comes along with being a woman that a lot of, mostly men, but a lot of people cannot possibly understand. So now that so many of us are saying it and explaining it to you, believe that this is the world. And not just when it's convenient to believe women. Exactly. Uh, I think a really great example of this is when Al Franken was accused of um, sexual harassment in that first time. A woman came out, she told her story, and liberal Dems everywhere said, oh, but she's a Republican. She's a Trump flunky. Also, go fuck yourself. Because you know what? Doesn't change his actions. Doesn't change the fact that what she's saying happened. Exactly. And, and there's no place for politics in it. If you're going to say we believe them, then believe women. Then believe the big picture and believe it mm-hmm. repeatedly. It's not just about the people that you don't like. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're, you're not the, the judge and jury in these situations. Uh, things that are going... I should be. We, you know, we, yeah. I think we should have a panel. I think, you know what I think we should do? I think we should have women run. Yes. Maybe the, the situation. Um, I... <laughs> it's... It's everybody, it's believe women, and you know what? When it comes to these individual situations, allegations, those are going to be handled. If they're prosecuting them, if they're filing charges, they will be handled if they can be, and that will be taken care of. That is for the legal system to deal with. Believe women is not the legal system. Believe women is reality. This is life. This is happening. It doesn't matter what your politics are. It doesn't matter where what your, your background is. This is the world believe it. I would like to nominate that the judge who is currently hearing the harassment stories for um, with, against the U.S. gymnastics team, mm. I would like to nominate her to be the head of that panel. Yes, yes. She is a badass. Oh my god, Seconded. that woman is my fucking hero. Thank you, thank you, judge, <gasps> mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. for how you are handling this particular situation and believing those women. Yeah, yeah, no, that feels that feels real, real good. 
and you know, speaking of, <laughs> believe women, and this is a little fandom anonymous, but you know, only by by accident. Bring it. I really like TV guys. Um, SVU, Law and Order SVU, has always been, you know, extremely up with what's happening right now in the time. You know, in, in the news, they are very current with their stories. Um, the way they are handling. The climate right now on that series is phenomenal. Now, this series has always been very, um, you know, I mean, it's it's they, they investigate sex crimes, which are quite often against women, mostly against women. So there has always been a that feel good. So they in fact speak. believe the women. They believe the women, right? Um, but this season in particular, and this past week's episode, which was Wednesday the seventeenth, uh, January seventeenth. Uh, was phenomenal. They are doing such a great job. Uh, Just to say briefly, um, the case was against this airline and ADA Raphael Barba, okay, who I love Barba so much, um, decides that he is, not only are they going to handle this one case and this this pilot was raped and it was horrible, uh, he actually went after the entire airline, the entire company for the corporate uh, keeping women down, keeping them out of being pilots, promoting them to captain, all of these things. And he actually <laughs> had a grand jury, man, and indicted the entire friggin' company. <laughs> and just the conversations that they were having, as for you, is friggin' killing it right now. Nice. I love that show so much. What a good random plug. I <laughs> like it. it. So I have goosebumps, actually. It was real good. I saved it. <laughs> Gonna have to watch this. I, I don't watch nearly as much TV, but I'm, I should try. So, believe women. <laughs> I mean, just it's period. End of sentence. Excuse me. Um, this is like this is going to be a long road. This is uh, the the truth of the situation is that for ten thousand years, women have been cast aside as receptacles for men to make babies, to clean the house, to take care of the babies, and we are not nearly as far away from that as we think we are. And I'm speaking of about the, the states. I'm I think not, we're real close. I don't, I don't think we're yeah, far away at and all. And there are other places in the world that are way closer to it still than we are. So it's this is not uh, whiny women. This is not nagging, which, P.S., we wouldn't nag if you would just, you know, pick up your fucking socks the first time, whatever. Um, this is, this is real life. This isn't every, every restaurant you walk into your server, if she is a woman has been hit on, groped, had her ass smacked. I mean, this is everywhere you go and all around you all the time. And not tipped because she didn't smile enough. Because she didn't smile enough or, or immediately told to smile because it can't be that bad. These are things that we deal with every single day. This, this view that women are less than that women are garbage is par for the course. This is how we have built our society. We built our world on these ideals. And in order to change them, maybe the pendulum needs to swing in the opposite direction. So that brings us, I think, really nicely into the Women's March. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah, oh. that does that. I mean, that's the, that. that's the hop right there. That's it. That's it. Um, so Political Minute. Political minute. Women's March tomorrow. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, it will be over. But I would like to declare in advance that it's a huge success. Yes. Uh, tons of people came. And uh, it was really, really aware of intersectional feminism, not just white feminism. I'm hoping. Dear God, I am I am really, really yeah. hoping that yeah. there... I want to hear and will, frankly, lead a whole bunch of Black Lives Matter chants uh, tomorrow. I'm Hell yeah. It. I'm in it for it. Um so Women's March tomorrow, big concerns. One, will as many people show up? Two, uh, will, will it matter? A year, na- a year ago, we marched and rallied and hollered, and, and what happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened is a lot of women ran for office. Yes. A huge number of women ran for office, women that had never, ever considered it before, women that showed up for the first march wearing their pussy hat, uh, hooting and hollering, and I was like, well, fuck, I can do this. So I want to have a huge shout-out to all of the women out there running for office right now. Um, th- 
Thank you. Can I interject? Yeah. Uh, there's a shot, a special close shout out to that. My sister, Danielle Armnecht, is running for mayor of Bertram, Texas. Fuck yeah, Danielle. Uh-huh. Well done, uh-huh. mama. That's amazing. Super proud. Oh, yeah. this is, when is your, when is the election on that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, if you are listening I in will, Texas, yeah. find out this yeah. information and vote for her. That's amazing. Oh my God. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, mama. Uh, I love it. I love it. So that is, I think that's one. Let, let's say if nothing else has happened since the Women's March, a ton of women have run for office. Super important. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous about tomorrow on, on a couple of pieces. I am really nervous that not that many people are going to show up, that people are, have gotten complacent and that people have burned out and they're not coming. Uh, I am nervous that we're still focused on white feminism. Mm-hmm. That the intersectionality that we've been talking about and talking about and talking about isn't going to show up. Uh, and that's going to continue to splinter the movement. Uh, I am worried that a year has been enough time for people that are against this movement to coalesce and start fighting back. Mm-hmm. I'm worried. Uh, I'm more worried about violence this time than I was last time. Uh, last oh, time was yeah. this really joyous, wonderful occasion that took the whole world by surprise. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm deeply concerned that that won't be the case this time. I mean, we're, we're going. We're going no matter what, but I'm, I'm worried about it. Uh, I know that in Knoxville there's a huge counter-protest that's being planned. Oh, I did not know uh, that. Yeah, the white supremacists are out in full force. I like, mean, go, seriously, someone, guys, go fuck yourselves. Someone treat them to a macrame class. Yeah, just, like, get a uh, hobby. Just ugly. Um, so those are my big concerns, that nobody will show up or that the wrong people will show up. Um, what's been really interesting this time is the uh, smaller grassroots organizations. So since that last March, Indivisibles uh, has come about, and there's a million Indivisibles groups, and Swing Left, and uh, Sister District. There's a a whole lot of them out there. And I feel like this year they're all coming to the march but they've essentially like created their own micro events so there's no way of knowing how many people are actually going to show up even like i mean just specifically here in los angeles i would say i have been invited to 50 different versions of the women's march all that are all the same time in the right. same place so and some of them say a thousand people are coming and some of them say twenty five thousand people are coming and some of them say 10 people are going so there's really there's no way of knowing how many of that is an overlap right and hopefully though that the smaller groups and this kind of focused organization, even though it doesn't give us a ton of information until we're there, um, is does mean that there will be a, a lot of yep. intersectional... Yep. I, I want to shout out to the March and Rally group of Los Angeles who are who are just doing an amazing job out there getting the grassroots organizations. Um, uh, white people for racial justice are also making a really, really, really big presence out there. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, so I, I want to just shout out those groups and the work that they're doing, and I really look forward to seeing them tomorrow. Uh, the other thing that's happening <laughs> for the political moment is the government shutdown. Which may be happening as we yeah, speak. There's really no way yeah. of knowing. Um, but I think that the, the Dems should be standing strong on CHIP and DACA. Like, we're not going to sign any paperwork that doesn't have a clean dream act uh, yeah. and full funding for chip because that's, these are not bargaining chips. These are people's lives. And what Mitch McConnell, the infographic that he, uh, put on Twitter today that, was that said you can choose between chip or DACA and you can't have both is, I, I mean, I'm shocked that somebody allowed him to, to put that on Twitter because there's no way he created that infographic. Oh, well, like yeah. the, he's 175 and, and frankly, he's a turtle. <laughs> so he, he didn't make that infographic. Um, but the fact that somebody did and thought that was acceptable and was was making a point for in their favor is shocking. And the, the lack of humanity around it really makes me want to lay down and weep. And I am hoping that if the government shuts down, it will send a message that this, like, Something's got to give. That this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's enough. It's enough division. It's enough hate. And, and it, it's not up to the Democrats to bend over all the time. I, I'm no. tired of shifting just a little bit to the right every day. No. Mm-hmm. No. You guys come to us. You guys come over here and and provide health care for children. And elect, 
83% of the country wants dreamers to stay. There's no, right. it, it, there's no reason to be kicking these people out other than simple, ugly racism and hatred. And it's embarrassing. And that's not the America that I believe in. And when I march tomorrow, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm marching with the idea of a clean dream act. Yeah. And chip, frankly. You know, yeah. it, it's, we, we need kids to have health care. I mean, you know, at some point... The fact that you have to say that, is, we need kids to have health care, like how embarrassing. Exactly, how embarrassing. Uh, human decency is not a partisan issue. No. You're either a decent human being or you're not. And we know that there's a lot of people in charge that don't know what human decency means, like Jeff Sessions, who believes that if you smoke marijuana, you are not a good person. Uh, the, the, it is time for the dinosaurs to go. It is time for this. Your, your restraint of not to, saying die out is is real, real palpable. Thank you. I, it's, it's, I, I feel good about the restraint. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it needs to be mentioned how restrained you are. I, I, I'm just grossed out. I'm grossed out that this. I cannot believe this is what's going on. I can't believe there's there's a possible government shutdown, and that has to do with this troglodyte building a wall. How is that? How is that even in? How is how is that anybody wall is never in gonna Congress, get built? I, I, like I don't have words because I cannot believe this is real life. I believe women. I cannot believe <laughs> that this moron is holding up the the freedoms, securities, safety, and well-being of millions of people in this country because he's holding on to this absurd uh, f- fantasy dystopian novel cover of an idea of the future. It's it's a it's a civil war novel. It's not the future, it's the past. It's it's definitely a a southern bell situation. Well the, and and the problem is now what's going to happen is there will be a, another we're going to have more war on this land. It's just going to keep I going. mean who knows we could we could be hit tomorrow. Also his you know not, that's a different episode but Yeah, let's um, let's, let's, let's put that put aside. Put a pin in that. And let's, yeah. yeah, just say that's, that. That's that's another fear. We have been on on a bubble here for a really long time. We are 200 some odd years old, okay? And uh civilizations powerful powerful civilizations have fallen in less time than that. Yeah, we've had a good uh, run, right? And, and in more time than that, we are, it is real, real possible for us to just all fucking kill each other and for another country to come in, take our land and move on. That's how it has worked for all of time. So. <laughs> Candace's uh, ancient civilizations textbooks come flying off the bookshelf and thump us in the face. Uh, As a reminder of how fragile our infrastructure really is. I'm telling is. you, man, there is an episode of Buffy, okay? It's a Thanksgiving episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back for a second. Um, and it's, it's in this Thanksgiving episode, Willow is very, very upset about celebrating Thanksgiving because genocide, right? I mean, obvious atrocities. And poor Buffy, her mom is out of town. She's just moved out of home. She just, Thanksgiving to her just means everybody in a room spending the day together, and she just desperately wants a family-style Thanksgiving. Of course, it's Buffy. Everything goes goes horrible. Spike um, ends up there. He's tied up. It's a whole situation, and they're arguing about the politics of Thanksgiving. While she's trying to make peas, Spike's tied up in the corner. There's a... In, in, a Native American spirit running around killing people because, well, they kind of deserve it, okay? And it's just, there's a lot going on. And at some point, Spike makes a comment, and I'm paraphrasing, um, but that, you know, this is the way conquering civilizations work. You, you came in, you had better weapons, and you massacred them. This has always happened. Now, Spike ain't, he's not my ethical compass, you know? But the, the point of that is, this is this happens. This always happens. Why we think this can't happen to us as we continue to deteriorate internally because of all of these issues is ludicrous. This could happen tomorrow. Well, I'm hoping not tomorrow. I mean, me too. I got stuff yeah. to do. I have right. To I'm, so I'm real. I'm real busy tomorrow. I have tickets for a right. thing. So, 
I got places to walk to and things to shout about <laughs> tomorrow. Shit going on. Uh, mm. Always, in order to try and prevent the collapse of America, we strongly recommend that you call your Congress people, mm-hmm. call your House of Representatives, call your senators, tell them how you feel, tell them what you're for, tell them what you're against, call them every day. They want to hear from you, and if they don't, that's too bad. They're going to hear from you. So <laughs> call. Call them now. Call them tomorrow. Leave them messages. Send them emails. Tweet at them. Just continue to get your voice heard to prevent the apocalypse. I, that seems like as good a reason as any. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, It's a five-minute phone call. It, sign the petitions. Send the emails to family and friends. You know what? Vote. 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 Vote, vote, vote. And if you cannot, if you feel like life is crazy, you've got too much going on, and, uh, you know, there's that thing out there about, you know, writers 100 years ago and how they're putting out books every... Yeah, but they had no distractions. We understand that this is the world we live in today. It is distractions. It is devices. It is constant stuff. If you feel like you can't keep up on what's going on, uh, find a couple of people to follow on Twitter that can tell you, pick a friend in your group, like I'm going to tell Noodle right now, um... Pick a friend to be the person that seems to be really on top of it and can send out an email maybe once a month uh, if if there is a vote coming up. Don't let your don't let the craziness of everything that's going on, uh, the seemingly di- so so difficult you know ability to focus on one thing because there's a million things shut you down. It, it's possible. Let us know. Maybe we can help. Five minutes a day, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five minutes today. Is that it? Are we done? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think there, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about that we haven't talked about here. Like we said, we're, we will definitely post these things, but we are going to talk about women in power. We are going to talk about women in politics and the workplace. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, women in education, I think is very, very, very important. One, which, one pretty terrible woman in well, particular. Yeah, we'll start. We'll start there, um, uh, which will also, be, uh, if you're lucky, lead you to listen to how I feel about the American school system in general. So really, it's a good time. You should you should keep up with us. We will try our best to keep up with you. Uh, we thank you guys so much for listening. Come back. We'll be back in a month with another bit on women. And let us know if you have any questions. Uh, yeah, tweet us and reply to our Instagram and interact with us. We, we want to talk to you. We want to hear your opinions. Totally. Uh, and Noodle, where can people find you on the interwebs? Man, uh, Nessie Noodle thirteen on Twitter and noodling around on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, yep, I yeah. didn't. I didn't manage to get both of them matching for some reason. That's but that's okay. okay. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, my Instagram is a lot of pictures of my cat. I have two. They just look real similar. Uh, also, a lot of books. Yeah, book stuff. Book stuff. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's what my Instagram is. It's cats and books. Cats and books. Expand your minds, people. Toby helps. Um, you can find me uh, at Candy Presents. That's Candy with an I. Pretty much all over the place. And uh, we hope we didn't bum you out. Just we'll, a little bit. Just a little bit. We'll post some funny pictures, too, because it's all about balance, guys. Oh, and, uh, and look for our, our shirts of the day because we got shirts. great shirts on again today. We do got great shirts on. And if you have any questions about our awesome shirts, uh, let us know. A lot of these shirts that you will see on our Instagram feed, we have gotten from places like Omaze, like Creation Stands, uh, which are all for very, very good causes. And if there's one that you can't find, if you're interested, let us know and we can let you know if you can still find them available. Uh, I am Candy. I am Noodle. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.